Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, welcome into Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. We're chatting all things news and notes on today's episode. So, quick reminder to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third to get all sorts of exclusive content, preview, recaps, interviews, all right here on A3. Paramount Plus is your home for the 2023 NWSL season. Paramount Plus is giving away one free month to kickstart you for the NWSL season. So make sure you use the promo code NWSL2023. That's NWSL2023 for one free month. Ah. Uh, we're back at it, Lisa. We're we're going nearly every day this week. Uh, it's good we to see you again. It is great to see you as well. It's good to be live on YouTube. I mean, we're back in season, Sandra. This is what you expected. We're live oh, yeah. nearly every day. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. But um, this time it's a little different. We get to to chat about the latest and the greatest around the world of women's football and the news. Um, there's a lot that has happened. We only really do these like once a week. So there's a lot we got to catch up on. Oh, yeah. um, of course, if it's breaking news, we go live. That's why we're <laughs> always live. But <laughs> it is always good to be here. Good morning. How's it going with you, bud? It's a state of being, state of mind, being live, me and you, pal. Um, yeah, no, I'm good this morning. Listen, I I, uh, I love when we get the opportunity to, to do a little bit of breaking. Shout out to everyone who joined us the other day, literally yesterday at the time of this recording. We were chatting all things United States Women's National Team roster drop. We'll touch a little bit on that again today, but I think we're going to kick off this news segment chatting a little bit more about opening weekend across NWSL because there's a lot of different little fun tidbits, I think, that are finally coming out once they you've been a few days removed from opening weekend. And we really, I think, have to start with some of the uh, record-breaking attendance that took place across matches. 
in NWSL. Over 90,000 fans attending the six matches during opening weekend. Lots of numbers to go through here for specific uh, clubs, maybe starting with San Diego Wave. Over 30,000 in attendance, 30,800, 854 <laughs> folks. Too many numbers uh, in the stands for that opening match against Chicago Red Stars. So they really, I think, are the biggest number in that one. But there were some great numbers coming out of a couple other areas here. Yeah, I mean, it's truly fantastic that over 90,000 of you all yeah. bought tickets, showed up, supported your teams, um, were loud, made posters and TIFOs and sang along with the chants. Um, and of course, I mean, San Diego, as you just said, it, they are the one that announced they were going to break records. Even before or uh, late last week uh, before games even got kicked off. But Angel City, they also had a home opener sell out over 22,000 at BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. And then Washington Spirit, they are a club that's playing all of their home games at Audi Field this year, which is a massive improvement from last year and, and years prior. Um, and they had their biggest season home opener at Audi Field, um, 11,281 fans showing up in D.C. to cheer on the Washington Spirit. Um, and Washington Spirit got the win at home over O.L. Reign at this point. Um, I think when you look at that, like the fact that those fans showed up for the the Washington Spirit and they end up getting the win, like you make a difference, fans. When you go to a game and you make a difference, um, it shows. So that's fantastic. I mean, I hope these numbers continue to grow continue um, to do more and more and more. I think that a lot of the individual clubs are doing a lot to promote themselves within their communities. And that's how this league grows. That's how this game grows. But it, it really gives me chills to know that um, over 90,000 fans across the six games. That's fantastic. I hope it only goes up from here. No, it was cool. It was cool to see because it, it was something that was already it was something ahead of opening weekend that was already being highlighted. Yeah. Um, I remember in a pre our previous news and notes episode, we chatted a bit about commissioner Berman's sort of, uh, you know, address of the, uh, of the league state of the league, uh, just ahead of opening weekend. And one of the bullet points that was sort of highlighted out of that press conference was that they were anticipating breaking some records across yeah. uh, opening weekend. And, and we're noting three of the six specific games, right? And I think the other side of that coin, though, is maybe talking a little bit about it, then it's in the other uh, in the other areas in which uh, the matches were held. Maybe maybe not as high of, of attendance com when you're looking at a number like 30K in San Diego. Um, and then if you're looking at maybe some of the other um, matches that took place over, over the weekend, if you're looking at comparing that to something like North Carolina, where I believe it was around like 4K, that kind of tapers, I think, the average off yeah. a little bit, right? But it's interesting to sort of look at that for a second. And I mean, watching that opening game between the Courage and Kansas City and listening to reaction post game, chatting with a player like I, uh, uh, Gail about the open the lone game winning goal and their perspective. This is a Danish international and sort of referring to a crowd of four thousand right. as like a massive showing. Um, when you're sort of I think looking at different perspectives on things, um, this is an international player who's played in Europe and said like, oh, it's great to see so many 
people in the stands. And then there's a part of you that's like, well, just wait till you get to San Diego or just wait till you get to Angel City or wait till you get to, to Audi Field, right? So I think if you're looking um, at Courage, if you're looking at that, maybe that number seems over uh, or underwhelming, excuse me. Um, and I'm curious about uh, what attendance is going to look like in week two, because it's going to be, it's not going to be opening weekend, but it is going to be the home openers for yeah. the cl- some of the clubs that kicked off their regular season on the road. So uh, we haven't maybe seen similar numbers coming out of somewhere like Chicago, or we haven't seen similar numbers coming out of somewhere like the New Jersey, New York metro area, right? A market that they are very bullish on. I mean, the league just moved offices back into um, or into New York, right? Touting mm-hmm. their offices on Madison Avenue. They really want to have a presence uh, in that sports market. So we'll, we'll see. I think these are the type of games, I think, if you're those clubs you want to target in terms of uh, pushing your tickets and, and uh, pushing attendance. So we'll find out quickly uh, how yeah. that's going to look in, in week two. But uh, you got to celebrate the wins uh, when you get them. And this is, uh, I think, massive uh, for the team, or for the league and those teams uh, coming out of uh, of opening weekend. Uh, but numbers in, in, in the turnstiles, you know, uh, aren't weren't the only thing that I think where there was the biggest uh, sort of thing coming out of, of opening weekend. I mean, there were a lot of individual records <laughs> that were set as well, I think, for, for players um, and some kind of full, kind of cool maybe like unofficial stat yeah. type of things coming out of uh, of opening weekend uh let's start with lauren barnes because she's been around for a while in this league uh, with ol rain she extends the record for most nwsl regular season appearances with 190 appearances just just shy of 200 and it it's only opening weekend i have to imagine that she's going to go past 200 appearances in the uh, 2023 regular season. Uh, Portland Thorns uh, becoming the first, uh, the first time in NWSL history to record a hundred regular season wins. Um, That also makes a a sense when you're looking at the team and how long they've been around one of the inaugural teams in NWSL uh, since uh, their founding in 2013 racing Louisville. We saw made a, a, a little bit of a record the first time in NWSL history to field players from six, continents that was pretty cool to see massive i mean this is really cool i mean you just talked about uh lou barnes that's one that i think people realize she's been around a long time but she has not only been around but been a consistent figure in the nwsl since 2013 um, because not only 190 appearances 186 starts for this player and um, her minute count is incredibly high basically it makes her the most experienced player in nwsl history because she leads everyone in appearances starts and minutes like are you kidding me that is that's incredible and she hasn't skipped a beat that's the best part about it she looks um almost as great as she did when she first started in 2013 but with racing louisville having all uh field players from six different continents like that is something that i saw that across social media when louisville was playing and i was like this is fantastic abby urseg rebecca holloway uh ari borges wang shuang yuchana canoe ellie Pikish Yamas uh, from Finland, um, and then five American starters as well. So not only were they on the team and on the roster, but 
on the field for Kim Bjorkegren and Racing Louisville. Um, there's also a lot of chitter-chatter about Alyssa Thompson, as there should be the number one draft pick out of high school. She went to Angel City in L.A., and she gets an opening goal for Angel City in just the 11th minute of play. So Thompson is dubbed with the start. She then gets the opening goal for Angel City, making her the fourth youngest player to score in the NWSL. That's behind Jaden Shaw, Ellie Carpenter, and Olivia Moultrie. But she does it in just the 11th minute of the game um, in her professional debut. Like, does it get any better than yeah. that? <laughs> No, I hear you. I'm I'm curious if maybe there's like a like a sub record within this where it's like, yeah, she's the fourth youngest um to score in an NWSL match. But, but is she the she quickest? The, but is she the quickest? Is she the youngest player to score the goal the quickest? Right? There's all these like, I'm I'm sure Angel City's gonna want to like claim that. You I don't know, know because uh, Jaden Shaw. When did she score after making her debut? It was against Chicago Red Stars, and I, I believe it was, it was in the first half. So I don't know. It if it was, I don't know if it was in the opening eleven minutes. So I, I'm sure somebody can stat check us for sure and and help us along the way um, and uh, see where that's at. But I think being the fourth, right, yeah. is kind of interesting a little bit. If we want to like touch on that for a, a couple more seconds, um, it's it's wild to sort of take a look at the landscape of player rosters across NWSL and sort of see how they've shifted a little bit and as we entered the 2023 season some of the new things that we were excited about or highlighted ahead of the opening weekend was something like the under 18 mechanism that now exists that didn't exist prior to someone like Olivia Moultrie uh, and her entry into the league had to ultimately go to court <laughs> to play within the league. And so now there is an under 18 mechanism that exists. Um, but this is just in 2021. So just to see in like the short span of a couple seasons, how there are multiple um, young younger players uh, in the league, but under eighteen players who have been signed. Uh, we didn't we didn't see a Chloe Ricketts or uh, a Melanie Barcenas, you know, make appearances across opening weekend. But naturally, their head coaches are, uh, you know, they want to make sure that these very very young players mm -hmm. get acclimated to to life as a professional in a, in a slow and careful way. Um, but we did see Alyssa Thompson and she did score that goal. And the fact that it's a fourth, it made me kind of like like smile a little bit because I'm just like, yeah, yeah there have been a ton of mostly there's already been a handful of young players to have uh you know scored a, a goal in NWSL before her. So um I would I would imagine oh see look shout out to Lucy in the in the live in the chat. Uh Shaw's goal was at 27 minutes almost exactly. So yeah uh Angel City they're gonna want to claim that as well. <laughs> Not only she's the fourth youngest but the fourth youngest to score the, the fastest. <laughs> Hey, we're every record counts. Every record yeah. counts. We're just out here helping to to, to, <laughs> to boost up all the uh, unofficial stats for for players out there. Uh, Sophia Smith is back. We did not get a chance to see Sophia Smith in the first two international camps with the United States women's national team. She was held out as a precaution. It was a little bit of a lingering mm -hmm. and nagging foot issue, but uh, she seems great now. Uh, back in opening weekend, became the first player to score in three consecutive NWSL season openers. That's a stat. I like that for sure. Welcome back, Sophia Smith, the 2022 N NWSL MVP, and uh, Lynn Williams scoring her first NWSL goal since October 
2021 in her debut with Gotham on Sunday. She currently ranks third in the league's all-time scoring list behind Christine Sinclair with 59 goals and Sam Kerr with 77. It's a little bit of a leap there. Yeah. And Emily <laughs> Williams with 58. So she's right on the tail of, of Sink at 59 goals. Yeah. But yeah, then there's Sam Kerr with 77 goals. Hey, you never know. But massive for Lynn Williams. Um, she also does this scoring the game-winning goal for Gotham, uh, her new club, while her entire arm is in a brace, essentially. Oh, so we find out at the end of the game, um, shout out to the commentators on this one, I believe it was Jackie Utley and Lori Lindsay, um, but asking Lynn Williams after the game, hey, we saw you get your arm wrapped up. What the heck happened? And, and she talks about how she goes up early in the game for a header and ends up landing a little bit funky on her elbow. Yeah. So instead of, of course, checking out of the game, why would that ever happen? She just runs to the sideline and gets an entire bent arm splint taped from wrist to shoulder on her arm so then she's running the whole time with like a a right degree in her arm um a, a right degree bent elbow and she ends up scoring this goal incredible and then this ends up being gotham's first win since july of last year so heck of a way to start the year for gotham for lynn williams making her return um and doing it all in style outrageous honestly yeah. uh, to hear her sort of post games you only you only need your leg i only need my legs for soccer <laughs> seriously like, it's i was just like that's that's a that's a wild athlete mentality uh but uh, yeah, looking like kind of like gingerbread kind of man, yes. <laughs> like as uh, scoring that kind of goal. But um, listen, if, if Lynn Williams, if this is just like the beginning, sign, like early signs of of Lynn Williams sort of showing her form. Um, nah, I think she's going to chase somebody like a, a Christine Sinclair, I think, for uh, for that. Uh, you know, she's at 58 and, and Sinclair's at 59 in terms of the league's all scoring uh, list. Uh, and that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure, because if she's already scoring back to scoring with the national team and clearly getting uh, off to a quick scoring start for club in Gotham FC, uh, I would imagine Lynn Williams might have some more uh, in her in the next uh, yeah. in the next uh, week coming up. Even Golden Boot Race at this point, like that's oh, yeah. something that I am excited and kind of keeping my eye on. We got Mallory oh, yeah. Swanson scoring goals in the opening weekend. Alex Morgan, Trinity Rodman, and Lynn Williams. I think those are top contenders in my mind for a Golden Boot this year. But I love how at the end of the year, the last like between like July and October, we get people that just go on incredible tears with scoring goals. So that's what makes it all the more fun. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I love. I think Lynn Williams is absolutely going to contend for that kind of stuff. We, yeah. we did all kinds of way too early sort of prediction things, both on attacking third and on a uh, CBS sports.com. And I absolutely have Lynn Williams down for like a golden boot watch. Uh, would love to see it. Uh, this is a great start uh, for her. Some other news uh, across the league though, maybe not so much opening weekend related, but uh, Nicole Baxter put a, a very uh, heartfelt and touching uh, announcement out on her social. She's uh, announced her retirement, stepping away from the game and we wish her the best in her uh post uh, retirement career um and something that we did touch on out of opening weekends but we want to highlight a little bit more uh, out of houston dash is the absence of shea groom uh for the team at least for perhaps of the first uh half of, of the season uh, announced that she tore her mcl uh, a couple weeks ago was unavailable to play because of that in opening weekend and is likely to miss an extended period of time uh, for the team moving forward. And uh, Angel City, 
and Orlando Pride announcing a trade as well. We got to touch on that. Uh, Angel City have acquired seventy thousand dollars in allocation money from Orlando Pride for an international spot. And what does it mean, <laughs> Lisa? What does it mean? That's where we're at. We saw we saw that drop officially um, the other day, right right around uh, the time the United States Women's National Team April roster dropped and. There's no way of there's no in, real indication of if those two things are connected because let's be real we saw a lot of the paperwork must have got held up at the league office because we've seen a lot of things sort of drop just ahead of opening weekend right around when those rosters were supposed to be finalized and still even now mm-hmm. the, the Monday or so after opening weekend so I'm wondering if this is just something that got held up or if it is you know something that is going to lead to to a different move for either team because there's two there's two pieces here right Angel City have seventy thousand dollars in allocation money um what are they going to use that for and now orlando pride has an additional international slot what is what do the pride uh you know have plans for for that i'm a little curious to see when the next shoe will drop and what it'll look like yeah um in the chat some people asking clarification traded what for what so uh <laughs> it's seventy thousand dollars in allocation money going from orlando pride to angel city and an international roster spot going to orlando pride and yeah there's a lot of speculation around this about what this means but um i'm gonna be honest we've been very wrong in the past remember when orlando <laughs> gathered all that money and we were like davinia's going to the pride yeah that did not happen <laughs> Dabinia went to Kansas City, but um, the the rumors here, I guess, I'm just going to be blunt about it, is that because the United States Women's National Team has named Julie Ertz back into the mix for these April friendlies, and she's been named to the roster the first time since July 2021 that Ertz is, is back in the international mix after the Tokyo Olympics. She then gave birth to her and Zach's first son. Uh, she hasn't reported for club duties. Um, her rights have been traded. She's been a free agent in the league. And now that she's back on the U.S. roster, um, Black Leninovsky wants her training with a club team. So there has been confirmation from Julie and from Vlacko that she is in communication with a team or teams about joining their roster, uh, joining their training for the season. That way she can be a contender for the U.S. Women's National Team World Cup roster. And as soon as that news dropped and was announced, then we make We hear light of this trade between Orlando and Angel City that Angel City now has $70,000 in allocation money that they will use, hopefully, towards a player's salary. That's what it's there for. Um, And Julie Ertz definitely has a price tag on her. So, I mean... Two plus two equals four sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't at all equal four. So we'll see kind of if you're reading between the lines here, does this mean uh, Julie Ertz is going to Angel City? We have no idea. We have actually no idea. But that was where her rights were initially traded two years ago from Chicago to Angel City. But she never signed a contract with the Los Angeles team. Um, From my understanding, she never really showed up to practice or do anything. She was doing a lot. She was on maternity leave. She was starting a family, but now that she wants to get back into club training, is she going to put her boots on and lace them up in Los Angeles? I'm not so sure yet. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think what we can rule out is, um, I think we could rule out like international kind of clubs. I think if Julia is coming back this close to a world cup, um, 
she's going to play stateside. Uh, I know it's fun to to speculate <laughs> that kind of stuff, um, but I just don't I just don't see that happening in this type of um, in this wow. type of season. Um, what it means, you know, for a player to have strong club play um, in the build up to a World Cup, um, especially with the United States women's national team. So, you know, where she's going to land, I think is going to is it's going to be on people's radar for quite some time until yeah. it finally gets uh, announced. Um, I think a lot of teams would be happy to have her. Yeah, I'm sure. But speaking what, frankly or bluntly, I just don't think there's enough teams out there that can actually afford her. I think exactly. there are teams out there right now exactly. with more money than other clubs. And I think that there are other clubs out there that are willing to make that type of move than some others. I think, mm-hmm. I think big picture, it's like the the perception is like, oh, it's Julie Ertz and she's looking for a club. Like, yeah, all 12 clubs should be at that table if she's a free agent, right? But I just don't think that that's a reality for certain Yeah, the price tag's is big and it should be. Well, I mean, I'm not too sure. Even, I mean, I think there's a number of, in, of, of things that probably are going to come into play right. for a player like this. Like, it, it really just comes down, and that's the beauty of free agency, right? It just, it's going to come down to a number of different factors for, for players. Uh, is, is Maybe it's going to be a balance of things. Maybe it's going to the, the balance of, of of a price tag, the balance of location, the balance of facility resources, et cetera, et cetera. And I would even argue that there are some teams with um, the better of those things than other clubs in, in the league. You know, there are some teams that still don't have their own dedicated uh, practice or training facilities or, you know, things like that. And some other clubs um, do have that, you know, so I think there's going to be um, rightfully uh, perhaps a, a bidding war in some capacity for uh, somebody like Ertz. I mean, and I think it's really cool to sort of know that we have a first ever free agency to kind of look at mm-hmm. as an example. And everything that we heard coming out from players who landed in new spots in free agency um, took a number of things into consideration. Like we heard from a Colaprico going to San Diego that um, looking for a change. Yes. A change in environment, a change of scenery, a change in, um, you know, just a mix up for her current development that she wanted different type of uh, perhaps a style of play or, or coaching or, or other avenues of development for her moving forward. And someone like a Dabinia saying that like, I want to be in a place where there's the, you know, there is a contending team and there's lots of great facilities. And that's why she chose Kansas city. There's a, there's a lot of different factors I think that come into play for, for the individual when they're, you know, looking for a new club and uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I would, I would, venture to say that like if people are looking at this move specifically between angel city and orlando and saying like maybe this is going to be it who knows maybe maybe it is uh but there's more than one california team (laughs) out there um and there's there's more than one team out there that that does have um certain amount of resources or so to to sort of offer and their pitch to to a player so it's uh it's it's funny how we've gone from the cycle moves so quickly. Right. And we've gone now from, Oh my God, like Julie Ertz is <laughs> making a comeback and she's on listed on a roster. And now we've sort of pivoted out of that to club watch. Who yeah. She's going to sign for. And we're signing with. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's uh that's something that we'll obviously keep chatting about. And, and when we'll see her. I mean, I'm going to be honest. My mind is already like, okay, she's going to sign with a team most likely in the NWSL. We don't think she's going international at this point. And now I'm like, okay, when are we going to see her play? Of course, we'll see her in the international break with the U.S. team. But when are we going to see her for club um, on the pitch in competition? That's what I want to say. 
Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? We'll probably have to go live again when that <laughs> when that drops. Julia just stepped onto the field. Yeah, we're, we're gonna just we're just gonna be live. We're just gonna be live and talking about it. And uh, we've got more to chat about. So stick with us right after a quick break. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Saturday on CBS, the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship road to the final four reaches its final destination in Houston. Coverage of the semifinal games begins at 3 Eastern at the final four and the final four show all leading up to tip off at six when Florida Atlantic faces San Diego State, followed by Miami clashing with UConn. The NCAA men's final four national semifinals Saturday on CBS. Make sure you listen to E to I on college basketball podcast, the final four FAU, San Diego state, Miami, UConn with host Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander previews news and nightly recaps all from the scenes. Lisa Marquette didn't make it to the final four, but Sandra, what are you doing? It's what? still, I it's, thought we were friends. It's still exciting. Are you going to watch? Yes, yes, of course I'm watching. Uh, but you really, you have to bring up Marquette at a time. I do, because you know what? I'm hurt about it, too. I'm, thr- I'm thrilled for uh, I'm thrilled for the Final Four who yeah. made it this it's, four. It's awesome. FAU, San Diego State, Miami, UConn. Uh, so we still get a Big East team in there in UConn. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, download, follow to Ion College Basketball. Gary and Matt got you covered. Previews, recaps, news, everything. They're they're going live from the final four to recap everything. So if you miss a game or you want all your recaps, definitely listen to Ion College Basketball. They do a great job over there. But yes, I will be watching. I'm all into the basketball right now. It's like the best sports couple of weeks because we get MLS, we've got Super League, we've got NWSL starting, and we've got March Madness, men's and women's that are just going off right now. It's very fun. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm here for it. I know uh, I'm gonna tune in to all of them as much as I can. It's uh, madness, but now it's Final Four. Uh, shout out to South Carolina, Iowa, yes. LSU, Virginia Tech for for uh, women's uh, NCAA basketball Final Four kicking off for them as well on Friday, March the 31st. So we're gonna we're gonna tune in. We're gonna tune into all of it. It's gonna it's gonna be I'm gonna be a little sad when it's over. Now go so from such a like a frantic sort of tournament and then all of a sudden boom it's over goodbye farewell Mm -hmm. but uh we'll we'll uh we'll we'll stay in touch we'll stay in touch you'll be back next year and we'll see each other once more let's get back to soccer though let's chat a little bit more about uh international things maybe we touched on the first half of this episode on some nwsl news and notes tidbits but now we want to pivot 
across the globe a little, little bit, chat about uh, some things in other other cool places. Uh, the lionesses. Let's uh, let's talk about some news here. Um, manager Serena Wigman announced uh, that the Euro 2022 Player of the Tournament Beth Mead is likely to miss the 2023 Women's World Cup due to her ACL injury. Uh, Beth Mead uh, sustained that a few months back, and um, it was devastating when it happened then. It's still devastating now to, to think about um, such a prolific player um, for the program uh, who might not uh, make it back in yeah. time to, yep. to go to a World Cup. And I think that's where that's where we're at, I think, for a lot of national team programs, right? We're, we, were, we just spent a lot of time um, the other day talking about this roster drop for the United States Women's National Team, and there's also injury updates that have to happen there. There. For example, chatting about a player like Katarina Macario, a player that we've heard is coming back for a little, you know, while now, and and that that timeline has put, been pushed back. I think for a third time now. First we heard March, then we heard April, now now May, and so when we're looking at um, across the globe, player like Beth Mead. That's a, it's a well, it's sad. a pretty big loss and very yeah. sad. Um, the Lionesses have not looked like a team that are going to you know, dwell on that type of loss. They've been in ridiculous form uh, since last year. (laughs) It hurts them, but it's still, I think it's uh, the team that we see right now with England. It's almost like they're going to use this as fuel to step up in other areas and, and make sure they fill that hole that Mead leaves. Um, I mean, yeah, really pretty sad coming from Wigman, the, the manager of the lionesses basically saying that, um, the ACL injury and and the recovery is taking a little bit longer than they hoped and expected. And um, that Mead would basically need a miracle to be fit enough to play in the tournament. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's this time right now, we're just three months out, two and a half months out from the start of the world cup. And now we're starting to see either announcements of players return, Julie Ertillo, we just talked about. And then otherwise it's like the, the recovery isn't, as fast as we thought it was going to be. And maybe we hope it would be for some certain players. It's really devastating to hear, um, especially like the, the confirmation, right. That that will not be going to the world cup is, is sad. Very sad. Well, I mean, maybe let's, let's chat a little bit about comebacks, you know, in, in that aspect. So it's like, uh, I think when you hear sort of the back and forth, you, you have a player, a, a athlete brain is going to tell you like, I'm going to try to work my way back as quick as I can. And as, as fast as I can. And, and maybe you have those conversations as a coaching staff with your player to say like, Hey, listen, let's, let's put some things in reality and, and, and to check here for, for a little bit, but uh, someone on their return to play protocols and their return to the pitch is a uh, Ballon d'Or winner, Alexia Patea. She is back and training with Barcelona for the first time since her injury yeah in july so we're getting to see some touches on the ball some you know simple footage i think out of mm-hmm. uh some of the training that again you don't want to uh go go too hard or too quickly um when you're working your way back from that type of injury but i think if you're barcelona um you're thrilled uh, to have the yeah. greatest player right now uh back in the mix yeah completely and this is a little bit ahead of schedule we we just talked about how sometimes it can take longer than expected but other times if recovery is going great the player is feeling strong and healthy and and fit um they can get back a little quicker maybe than originally predicted and that's really the 
the case here with uh, Puteas um, getting back onto the pitch. Uh, and this was Monday. This was happening and really fantastic to see. Um, I think Spanish fans, international fans are very, very happy about this. Of course, Barca fans, but in terms of the World Cup and, and what this means for Spain, um, this is this is a big thing for them. I mean, I, I've I think we talked about it before when when looking at the World Cup and who's going to be big contenders and it was kind of like, hey, Spain's dealing with a lot of injuries. They have a lot of loss right now that they've suffered. They might not be the top powerhouse that a lot of fans predicted they would be during the 2023 World Cup just because of all these injuries they've faced. But this is massive step to get back Puteas um, in training with club. And, and it's been – it'll be a year since her injury – when the World Cup starts. So definitely promising to see a player like that get back on the pitch and, and back in competition with her club team. Yeah, we'll see if this is the first step um, if and what it means for, for bigger things. I think it's an important note that you bring up about the national team. You know, uh, the other thing that we've been chatting about alongside some national team programs in the build-up to the World Cup is the unfortunate scenario that still exists for many of these clubs where there is ongoing disputes mm-hmm. between players and their federations. And Spain is one of those programs that has been dealing with that. Um, part of the, there were 15 players, prominent starting type of players who issued an email to the federation in the hopes of engaging in positive dialogue. And that turned around, got turned around on them by their federation. So Poteas has been someone who's just sort of been more focused on her rehabilitation and return back to the pitch. So it's great that she's back with club, but I'm with you. I'm very curious about what the next steps are going to mean for this type of player and the federation uh, moving forward. Um, We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Um, Let's pivot to Women's Super League, though. Because I'm excited to chat about uh, FAWSL because uh, it's it's getting close. It's tight. It's a four-way race right now for the title. And I feel like the last time we did an update on the Barclay Women's Super League, there was already somebody uh, in number one. And now <laughs> we're switching it up again. Man United is on top of the standings. They've got goal differential in front of Manchester City. So... Man United, Man City, one and two respectively, each with 38 points. And the tiebreakers are coming into play now, folks. And that's important to take a look at. But Chelsea dropping to third in this one. One point behind United and City. Yeah, but Chelsea has a game in hand over United and City. It is it is so tight. It is so <laughs> exciting to watch right now um, but between everything that's happened. Last weekend, uh, Manchester City defeated Chelsea 2-0, and that's really what uh, propelled City a bit higher in the standings, getting ahead of Chelsea. And and after that game, Gareth Taylor um, basically saying that if if – City didn't win that match over Chelsea. Chelsea was going to just run away with the Super League. Um, So it's providing a lot of interesting and intense matchups in the Super League, which every single football fan is here for. This is what you want. You want a top four finish and a title race between the top contenders because as it sits, the top four in the standings right now, um, number four, Arsenal at 35 points and and they've only played 15 matches. Chelsea also only played 15 matches. They're number three, but they only, they have 37 points. And then in first and second, Manchester United first, Manchester City second, both with 38 points. But as Sandra mentioned, 
goal differential gives Manchester United the edge and puts them in that number one spot. But the fact that Chelsea is only one point off from the top of the table um, makes it that much more exciting. And then Arsenal at 35 points sitting sitting in that fourth spot. There's a lot of exciting things oh coming goodness. up in the Super League. And, and we get match day 17. Um, so we're nearing the end of, of only 22 match days. Another matchup, Arsenal-Man City plays this Sunday. That's something I am very, very excited to watch. That's going to be a big game and, and a battle for points at the top of the table. Absolutely. Keep an eye on it. I also just love some of the um, individual like performances mm-hmm. that are kind of shattering narratives as well. I mean, if we're just coming off of like uh, a match week for Women's Super League and Chelsea's now sitting in number three because they couldn't get that win yeah. over Manchester City, right? A 2-0 loss in that. And neither Sam Kerr or Bunny Shaw scoring <laughs> in a game like that. You know, I just, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, shout out to uh, Angel Dahl and, and, and him for, for getting um, the goals for, for Man City in that one. But I'm also just like, that's the other thing too. It's like as the, as the four-way kind of race for the top gets narrower and narrower, there's also like those really cool, um individual moments uh within within these matches as well so gonna be interesting to see how things uh roll out for women's super league in this weekend uh coming up weekend um i mean arsenal and manchester city have a game against each other and that could have uh some implications right like you said uh but i mean ashton villa is also at number five right in, in the rankings, thinking, yeah in the standings right now and uh while maybe they're they're looked at as like some real long shots i mean they could definitely play spoiler for somebody like a Chelsea uh so we'll we'll see it's gonna and, be and uh, also the golden boot race comes into play at this point yeah. you just mentioned Bunny Shaw not getting a goal last weekend for Man City which is uncharacteristic she still leads the way 15 goals but Rachel Daly 13 goals she's coming off a brace that's a, another race that I'm looking at between who's going to get the most goals coming up at the end of it one at, at the end of this it's it's a great time if you haven't been watching the Super League now's the time turn it on you can catch the games on Paramount Plus, um, the matches are back this weekend. It's early morning, Saturday and Sunday, but they are entertaining and great to watch. Yeah, check them out. Select matches all across. I mean, CBS Sports Network, Paramount Plus. You can find them. Tune in. Tune in when you can. Uh, let's stay with the. Let's stay with. Let's stay in Europe, though. Let's stay in Europe. Let's uh, let's uh, keep it on the international news here. Uh, UWSL is coming up. I, listen, after you're after you're done watching us, go get ready to watch mm-hmm. uh, the second leg of the quarterfinals because that is happening Wednesday today. And uh, you could see Barcelona and Roma. You could see Arsenal and Bayern. You could see Wolfsburg and PSG and Chelsea and. Leon, we might see um, we might see the end of some Champions League runs here for some of the clubs. Uh, let's have some fun with this. Uh, who do you think might come out of uh, of these matches, Lisa? Oh, this is this is a good one. Um, I'm rooting for Barcelona against Roma. Um, it was a one 0 draw in the first leg of the quarterfinal, but um, I'm looking for them to advance in, in this one. That's the first match too that that kicks off today, uh, one o'clock Eastern, twelve forty five Eastern. Excuse me. So that's one that I'm really watching for. But what about you, Sandra? 
which which is um I, I think games. I think one of I think one of the games to watch is actually tomorrow on, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So Wednesday's gonna be Barcelona and Roma, Arsenal and Bayern for Wednesday's matches, and then Thursday we'll have Wolfsburg, PSG, Chelsea, and Lyon. So I think for today, uh I'll go the opposite match. I'm gonna keep an eye on, on Arsenal and, and Bayern just because I think there's a there's a path here. There's a path here in this current setup to where there's potentially room for an all English champions league final. And I just think that Europe would combust. If yeah. that happens. So I would love to see it. So I need the gunners. I need the gunners to go ahead and, and do the thing That's and uh, try to get out of this, this second leg in advance. Um, and then Thursday, I need the Chelsea to, to make sure that they continue to do that as well. So yeah, well, they're at home. Arsenal's at home in this second leg. Um, so, Hey, they, they got the crowd behind them for this one. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's wishful thinking on my part. Uh, Bayern is a is a good team, um, yeah. but uh, we'll we'll see. I love anything can happen at this stage, and um, who knows? Uh, maybe I don't know if there's if there's room to see minutes from somebody like a, a cat Macario for Leon. I, I know it's and we've got a really cool graphic if you're joining us on live, and it's it's featuring Macario as well. Um, but we'll we'll see. Um, if may is really the uh the timeline for for this player um might not see see the minutes but um if for if if, if it's just about getting some brief minutes maybe maybe we will um but something uh i think us fans are going to keep an eye on um along with uh lindsay haran getting potentially a start for for leon as well so uh that's not it for the for the international news, we we actually have a little bit more that we want to talk about, but we'll talk about it at the national team level. So make sure you stick with us after a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's stick with some international news. And uh, we're going to still stick with Europe for a little bit, right? Because we've been hovering around that continent. Let's stay with with Europe. Let's talk a little bit about France. Um, We've got to keep up with the updates as they come. Because although nothing is official yet for the new manager of the France women's national team, there is still the ongoing speculation and rumors tied to Herb Renard. Apparently he has left his post of the Saudi Arabia men's national team. And uh, there's a lot of indication saying that this means that he's going to pivot to France and take the manager role there. So there has been a, a member of the Saudi Arabia Football Association who is quoted as saying that Renard is determined to return to France <laughs> to take over a national team. Um 
And a second source added that uh, the the Saudi Arabia Federation has accepted his resignation. So a national team, there's been a lot of a connection to the women's team. And uh, there's a possibility that his official title can be announced uh, somewhat soon. I mean, it's got to happen sooner rather than later, right, at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like we're just waiting for this announcement to come. Um, and I think that for people waiting for this and wondering if and when it's going to happen, this was really the first step, right? He had to leave his his current coaching position in Saudi Arabia. And now it, it, basically all of the news talking about how this was the first step and now France can hire him. Um, but France has been through a lot. And they we talked about it a little bit earlier in this episode that there's an international window. We are right about to come up on it in the second week of April. So how how does this all come together before then? Um, because that there's a lot going on there. But oh, yeah. Saudi uh, Saudi FA has accepted his resignation, um, and he wants to get back to France. He's been very vocal about that, wanting to get back and, and coach a national team. Um, and now's the opportunity. So will this happen? Will it happen before the? the international window happens and, and how is this all going to play oh out? Gosh. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts at this point, a lot of moving parts. I feel like it has to, uh, there's, there's, if they like, miss this international, if France misses this international <laughs> window, there are no more international windows. To I'm like, the World Cup. I'm like bumbling because I'm just like, they, they have to, like I'm over here stuttering. Cause I'm just like, there's, there's the time is but like, running nothing oh. like cutting it close announcing the the res resigning from the club team this was yesterday march 28th um this news came out um about renard saying that he he wants to get back to france but today as of what 11 a.m eastern on march 29th wednesday we yeah. haven't heard anything there hasn't been a roster drop for france um yeah. the international window is coming up yeah and you know everything that we've been sort of following along the way with, with certain national team programs that are in current disputes with, with uh, their, their federations. Um, I mean, Canada, we were just talking about their playing in protest during she believes cup in, in the February yeah. international window. And something that was uh, that, that came out of that was the, the announcement of their next uh, friendly. So that they were supposed to go to France and play against France. And it was going to be, I think over the two potential matches that you can have, um, um, Beth Priestman saying they were going to keep it to one match. They wanted to have the experience of travel and team bonding and have one solid match against a, another top ranked team in order for the preparation to really get cranked up in the build up to the World Cup. And since then, there's been like respective <laughs> ongoing disputes yeah. between players and their and their federations. Right. So the, I, I would imagine they for France, they are going to announce uh, Renard sometime soon so that he can be on the sideline or with this team as they approach this April window. Um, and I would imagine that this friendly is still scheduled uh, to take place because we haven't heard otherwise. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. But it's not just France and Canada with, with matches over this in, next international window coming up in April. And it's not just United States and Ireland. We want to chat about some other cool things happening during this time. We want to talk about a little bit of a crossover because listen, mm -hmm. we love a collab. We're big, big fans. Mexico and the NWSL are going to compete during this international window. Mexico women's national team going on a bit of a tour of, them, of their own coming to the United States and they will face off against the Houston Dash on April 8th or excuse me on April 11th and they will face off against Chicago Red Stars um 
on Saturday, uh, April the 8th. So excited for this news. Uh, I think, uh, I think I'm going to keep my eye on the dash because they've got a couple mm-hmm. of, uh, international uh, dual nationals on that team. I think that's sort of the kind of the joke that's coming out of, yeah. of this as these, as these friendlies were announced, people are like, well, who is going to play for Mexico and who's going to play for the dash? It's Maria Sanchez and Diana Ordonez, right? Like how's, how's that going to look? So um, we'll see. <laughs> I think we haven't I, heard yet. That's another roster yeah. we're waiting for. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to drop and we'll maybe get a little bit of a uh, surprises there, but I, mean, uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if both Sanchez and Ordonez stay with Houston, just because Mexico is not going to the world cup. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry. You brought up Marquette earlier. I got to yeah. throw that one back. Got to throw thing. it out there. I get it. Um, so to, for them, like as a player, it might behoove them to stay with their club team, get a little bit more consistency there, establish themselves, you know, but hey, you never know. You never know. It's always a good opportunity. Um, but this next tour W is is very cool that the partnership is announced and it's it's all kind of happening. Will you be at the game in Chicago? I don't know. There's a there's United States Women's National Team no. game that's happening not too far from me in St. Louis. Uh, and, you know, the Midwestern in me says a five-hour drive? That's nothing. <laughs> so we'll see. Stay tuned. It makes my I'll, stomach turn a five-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, let the, I'll let you and the people know uh, what's going on there. But uh, I've got options, and that's nice mm-hmm. to know. Um, uh, we've got more matches coming up, though, in the April window. We're got some, uh, we've got some pretty big, pretty big ones. I love that... Uh, we're going to get an eye on so many top tier national team programs kind of going head to head against each other. Um, we're going to see England against Brazil and Australia. We're going to see Germany against Brazil and the Netherlands. We're also going to see Japan, Portugal, Denmark. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I think for the roster drop that happened with the United States women's national team um, the other day and sort of noting how, Hey, this is going to be the final matches for the u.s women's national team before the final world cup roster is dropped i i I don't just think that's the united states i think you can look across the board and say that that's that's going to be true for many of these national teams um so this is going to be the last window of opportunity um at least at the international level Mm-hmm. for a lot of these players to sort of leave that impression, leave that mark on their coaching staff and to make things difficult for the coaching staff when they're, when they're trying to finalize uh, the 23 players who have to go to the world cup this summer. Um, so obviously the combination of this window and extended club play are going to, you know, matter the form for some of these national team head coaches. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see uh, some of the individual performances that, uh, that might break out of here. Yeah, it's very exciting. There's definitely a lot of football to watch. Um, in, of course, addition to all the U.S. games that we'll be watching, previewing, recapping right here on Attacking Third, I'm really excited to watch Brazil play against England, um, against what the Lionesses can do there. And then yeah. Brazil also gets to play against Germany. I love it that there's like a little bit of a round robin happening between a couple of different nations Mm -hmm. um, because England won't play Germany, but they will play against Australia and um, Brazil will also play against the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. another team that England will not play against. Um, But interesting. I I like how this is all shaken out and we get to watch it all happen. Um, And of course the United States play against Ireland world cup debutantes. Those will be good ones to tune into as well. Yeah. I think it's cool that, 
we're going through these is like FIFA just announced their updated rankings uh, yeah. for, you know, uh, the upcoming World Cup. It's United States is still number one. Uh, there was no changes between one and five in terms of the top teams. Um, but Australia did crack back into the top 10. So um, if there's other games that I'm eager to maybe try to keep an eye on, it's it might be England and Australia. I'm kind of looking forward to see how those two teams kind of match up uh, against each other. But there's a lot of good ones here. So I'm sure folks will try to, you know, figure out the t- right time and right place and method. Uh, to go ahead and tune in to, to some of these matches and uh, of course we'll likely chat about uh, the results of them as well but that's it from us today uh, in terms of all of the news and notes that we're talking about for across the globe and NWSL as well uh, the NWSL is going to be back for week two action so make sure you tune in with us when we do a full preview of all of the week two matches. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with a full NWSL preview this week. Make sure you tune in live. You got to subscribe for that to know when we go live. We're going to be early this week, Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. ET. So tune in, wake up, grab your coffee and join us for Sandra Rita and Lisa Roman this was a second should you ever set foot outside of the motel you will be shot don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller for the last four years I've been a prisoner why are they keeping you here starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor this is the brave new world that you dreamt of be very careful you are still a prisoner here Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.